church council members that our monthly meeting is tomorrow, Monday the 17th at 7 o'clock p.m. Please let any of the trustees or Tom Iser know if you will be able to attend. Our monthly fellowship dinner will be this Wednesday the 19th at 6.30 p.m. at Ron's Pizza in Miamisburg. Please feel free to sign up on the bulletin board in the fellowship hall so we know how many to reserve for. Our ice cream social is coming up this Saturday the 22nd from 4 to 7 p.m. Spread the word and invite your friends and neighbors. We are also still very much in need of signups to donate food, so if you can help, please sign up on the bulletin board in the fellowship hall. We are also raffling off another quilt. Information about that is in your bulletin. Please see Ronnie or Darlene, uh, Tom or Debbie, or myself for tickets. Our annual community worship service will be on Sunday, August 26th at the Firehouse. Please call Jeff Ayersman at the number in your bulletin to order your ticket for the chicken and pork chop barbecue after the service. Faba will also be selling ice cream. One important announcement which is not in your bulletin is that this past Friday, Harold and Kathy Miller celebrated 50 years of being husband and wife. They celebrated their 50th anniversary, so we rejoice with them and all of their family. The other announcements I leave to your own reading. Are there any other announcements for this morning? Kay. Yes, indeed, and it's a beautiful quilt, so please, yeah, yes, if you haven't had a chance to do so already, please feel free to take a look at it after worship. Are there any other announcements for this morning? Ronnie. Friday night at 7 o'clock will be set up. If you are able to help, please come. Are there any other announcements for this morning? Let us begin with prayer. O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We ask you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen.
Show us your mercy, O Lord. And grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. Lord, keep this nation under your care. And guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon the earth. Your saving help among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Create in us clean hearts, O God. And sustain us with your Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. God of glory, Father of love, peace comes from you alone. Send us as peacemakers and witnesses to your kingdom and fill our hearts with joy in your promises of salvation. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, we'll have our children's message, and we invite the children to come forward. morning. The first reading is from the ninth chapter of Zechariah 9 to 12, page 1480 in your, in your uh, Bible. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. 
See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. <clears throat> the second reading is from the seventh chapter of Romans, 15 to 25, page 1756. I do not understand what I do, for I... For what I do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is a sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nation, nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not good, I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This, is, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will res rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus, Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in the simple nature, a slave to the law of sin. Here ends the reading.
Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter, beginning at the 25th verse. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd actually kind of like to continue on from the children's sermon, and it occurred to me to ask, what, what are some things for some of you, when life just gets really, really loud and you go, ah, I can't take it anymore, what are some things that help comfort you or calm you down? Any volunteers? Taking my dog for a walk. Taking your dog for a walk. Yep, I see you out taking your dog for a walk, so I can definitely vouch for that. Anyone else? Yep, they did you help me out for a while. Yeah. Yes. I like Yes, yep, yep, yep. And you and you've uh, and you've given us a lot of great coloring stuff, Shirley, so yes. Anyone else? Play a game on my tablet. Yep. No matter how old you are, playing games on tablets is always a wonderful thing. How about you, Lucan? Um, playing on your Xbox. Playing on your Xbox. Excellent. Yes. Well, just imagine this. Um, when I was living in Southern California, uh, before I came here, there were two things that I was pretty much immersed in a lot of the time. Weddings and sports. Weddings because that was how I made a good part of my income, and at one point was doing three weddings a weekend. And sports because, of course, it was easy for me to get to see my favorite teams, since I lived right near a lot of the places they played, and they were easy to get to. But they both had something in common, which is kind of why I asked the question I did earlier. They were both really noisy. So, again, that's kind of why I asked, what do all of you do to, to calm yourself down when things get really noisy? Now, of course, the wedding ceremonies themselves were usually pretty peaceful and calm, but the receptions afterwards could get pretty loud and boisterous. And of course, most of us have been to at least one sports game in our lives so far, so we know how loud those can get. To save the pace of life and, and general lifestyle, uh, between Southern California and Farmersville, our two different experiences would, well, it'd basically be like saying water is wet. They're both really different. <clears throat> um, um, and as some of you know, I'm already, um, I'm going to be going back to, uh, God willing, I'm going to be going back to Southern California in December to visit my parents. And I'm kind of already mentally preparing myself for what's going to, what it's going to be like when I go back there. And specifically, I'm preparing myself to move faster, think faster, and even drive faster than I have to when I'm here. In Southern California, everything goes fast, fast, fast. While in Farmersville, 
things move at a much slower, play, slower pace, which believe me, I've really appreciated these last six and a half years. What I, what I really came to appreciate when I was in Southern California was that, yes, life would get really loud, but there was always something that would help bring me peace and help, and help kind of calm things down whenever life got too loud and got too fast. And that was the church I served in the high desert. There, we had a small but friendly crowd, uh, one that was actually even smaller than we have now, which meant, which meant that uh, when I was doing weddings, I usually get to hang out with a big bunch of people, but with very few exceptions, I kind of realized that I would be seeing these people maybe, one, maybe once and never see them again. But, but at the church I served, I knew that there was always one group I could, I could come back to week after week for support and encouragement. The worship service itself was always calm, restful, and peaceful. Even the drive there was relatively peaceful, especially the earlier I left in the morning. And if the senior pastor was preaching that week, so much the better. I got to be able to focus just on worshiping. So even though I was still working, being able to be at church every Sunday was a time I was able to rest, to take a break from the fast-moving and loud life I was living, and be able to, be, to rest, be refreshed, and be restored to make it through the rest of the coming week. And indeed, that's exactly what church is supposed to be. Although we may think of it as being one more obligation or place to be during the week, it's meant to be a place for us to be able to take time out from everything else we have going on and just be able to rest and be refreshed. It's where we come to be in the presence of God and, and where he renews and re-energizes us to keep going, whatever might be going on with us. It's a place where we can be reminded that even though we may be struggling, tired, or feeling pressured from life, God is still here with us, is still in control of our lives, and is always here for us. It's also where we can come to enjoy the support, love, and encouragement from each other, even though, yes, we can pray and worship God anytime, anywhere on our own, we still need each other to be reminded that we have friends and supporters. Church is meant to be a place where we feel welcomed, where we belong, and are accepted for who we are. It is to be where we can find a place free from the conflicts of the rest of the, of the week with others who share our same desire for having a time of peace. We can come be as we are without being judged for who we are. Ultimately, church is meant to be a place where we can come to rest. Specifically, to rest in the presence of Jesus. To know that, whatever else we may be having to deal with in life, we can come be with someone who just wants us to be with him, Jesus. He wants to take our burdens, worries, and everything else that's been weighing us down during the week and relieve us of them, taking them off our backs and off our hands. He also wants to heal us of the pains, disappointments, and sadness of the past week. If we let him, he will do as he promises and restore us to peace, calm, and refreshment again.
The way Jesus reminds us of his promise to heal, restore, and refresh us is in the Bible. Usually we read the Bible as a rule book. In fact, in today's gospel reading, what Jesus means when he thanks the Father for hiding these things from the wise and learned and revealing them to little children is that being a Christian isn't as complicated as we often make it out to be. In fact, it's a lot simpler than a set of rules, lifestyle code, or philosophical system, as those who considered themselves wise in Jesus' day were trying to make religion into. In other words, trying to make it into some sort of great mystery that only the experienced and learned would be able to do correctly. But there isn't actually any kind of special mystery for following Jesus or being a Christian. It's instead, as Jesus himself says, all about love. We follow the law of love in response to God loving us freely and unconditionally. Of course, as Paul reminds us in Romans, as Ronnie read for us just a few moments ago, we don't do this perfectly because we are still in a constant struggle between living according to what God is making us into, becoming more like Jesus, and what our instincts want us to do, which is usually to try to fight, react, want revenge, be angry, or defend if we feel threatened. Even this could come out of a certain view of God we may, we may have or have had, that God leaves us to fight our battles on our own, or may even be angry with us because of something we think we've done. This usually happens because of a misunderstanding of the Bible. Again, focusing on what we interpret to be rules and consequences. Instead, we are to read the Bible, as both Soren Kierkegaard and the late Billy Graham once said, as God's love letter to us. Because that is what the Bible really is. It's a reminder of how, even since the beginning of the world, God has shown his love for all people in many different ways. Even though disaster happens, God comforts us by taking charge and making things better, just as he did even back in ancient times. His greatest expression of his love was sending his son to die on the cross, showing how far he was willing to go to love us, and then rising again to rescue us from fear, doubt, and despair. So each time we read the Bible, or hear it read, we ask where to ask ourselves first of all, what promises, comfort, and assurance is God giving us in the passage we're reading? To go back to something said a minute ago, we may think of the God of the Old Testament as being one who is vengeful and angry, but nothing could be farther from the truth. The God of the Old Testament is the same as the God of the New Testament, a God who loves and ultimately restores. Even in today's first reading, God, speaking through the prophet Zechariah, promises to restore everything that has been lost. Maybe some of you here today are feeling defeated, broken, or discouraged. Today, God gives you his promise in verse 12. I will restore twice as much to you. Just like the people of Israel to whom Zechariah was speaking, um, that, 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 who thought that all was lost, you might also be feeling like all is lost. But God's telling you that what you've lost is going to be given back to you. 
you're going to receive blessings even greater than you could possibly imagine. Whatever you think is gone is going to be restored to you. You're going to receive healing, peace, stability, security, self-esteem, and well-being again. This is God's promise to you. Second, when we read the Bible, we are to ask, in what ways in the passage is God or Jesus encouraging us to grow, progress, or mature in our relationship with him? Not what are we to think about whatever the issue of the day might be, but how can we move forward in our relationship with God? How does God want us to be able to grow closer to him? What do we need to give over to his control in order to have any distractions from him be removed? Also, in a way, as Paul encourages us to think about, what are we still struggling with that is keeping us from growing closer to God? Not in the sense of what is keeping us from living a morally Christian life, but what is keeping us from putting God first, going to him for help, spending time with him, and making him the source of our satisfaction. Also, in what ways is he encouraging us to live out our calling as Christians in our love for him and others? One of the most important ways is in how we talk to each other and about each other. Last week, we talked about how each of us are given the gift of prophecy by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are to use our gift of prophecy and prophetic voices for encouraging, building up, and lifting up each other and other people. Especially if we want church to be a place where we feel welcomed, accepted, and encouraged, it has to start with us. How we talk about each other and how we treat each other determines how much we are able to rest in Jesus' presence here in church. If we are able to support each other and build each other up, then we will be able to feel refreshed and renewed and help each other to do the same whenever we are here. And then we will be able to help others come to Jesus for rest, to be refreshed and be restored. Let this be our goal and our purpose. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
And now together let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we receive the offering. We wish to let our visitors and guests know that you are under no obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. Let us lift our hearts, hands, and voices in prayer to God on behalf of all people. Dear Father, thank you for Jesus, our friend. Thank you for soul's refreshment and heart's ease, for mind's nourishment and body's rest. Thank you for the countless blessings we so often take for granted. Lord, in your mercy. Grant that your church should always be as gentle and lowly of heart as its Savior. Use it to draw people who are burdened with suffering and sorrow to the one who will give them rest. Let the church's mission, faith toward you and fervent love toward others, be a light and joyous burden to bear. Lord, in your mercy. Thank you for this congregation. Help us to see others through Jesus' eyes. Some are carrying heavy burdens known only to them and to you. Ease their load. Help us to refresh their spirits. Shape all we say and do so that many find forgiveness, hope, and renewed joy in loving and serving you. Lord, in your mercy. Bless and guide this nation. Grant to the people of every nation favorable weather, peaceful times, and respite from the burdens of sickness, poverty, and violence. Teach us all to eagerly seek and share your mercy, guidance, and blessings. Lord, in your mercy. We rejoice with Harold and Kathy Miller as they celebrate 50 years of marriage. 
We pray that you would continue to be with them and, and be with them as they celebrate in these coming years their joys and sorrows and all that the years will bring. Lord, in your mercy, give to us all the joy of your saving help and give rest and healing to everyone weighed down by sorrow or suffering, especially those whom we name silently in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. Thank you, dear Father, for our departed loved ones. Until we are reunited with them and with your children of every time and place, bless us with your steadfast mercy and loving kindness. Join us to our Savior and guide us by his Spirit. Strengthen us to help each other bear the burdens of life. Lead us into the eternal rest and unending joy which you have promised to everyone redeemed by the work of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.